Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the later time, he has made glorious to the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan of Galilee of the nation. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. As they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his officer you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of tramping warrior in battle tumbled, and every garment ruled in the blood will, will be burned as fuel for fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we ask for your blessing on reading and preaching of your word. Father, be with us. Help us to hear your word, to keep it and live through this holy word that you gave us. Father, be with your servant. Forgive his sins and help him to preach your word in clarity for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please have a seat. In about 700 B.C., God called Isaiah to be a minister of his word to Jerusalem and to the southern kingdom of Judah. But unfortunately, the culture had essentially turned away from God and his world. This man was quite different from the other prophets. He wasn't a shepherd. He probably was a member of a royal family because he had a very close access to the kings. The meaning of his name in Hebrew is Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh. Among Bible scholars, he's known as a most 
theologian of Old Testament and his book called Most Theological Book of Old Testament. And also his books is uh, the book that uh, has most messianic and evangelical them. When he began his ministry, people no longer believed on God and his truth. And there was a general decay of the culture. In Isaiah chapter 8, the prophet of God spoke to the nation of Israel in the most searching, solemn term imaginable, declaring a time of divine wrath of judgment upon the nation he loved. In the closing verse on, the, on that chapter, chapter 8, he warned his people of a certain and short judgment. He told them plainly that they could expect to see what gods do because of their unbelief. Listen with me to this verse in 8.22. And they will look at the earth, but behold, distress and darkness the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into this thick darkness. The darkness was true, but it's not the whole truth and not the fundamental truth. When I was 15, I went with my father to see a play. I don't remember the name, but I do remember the subject very well. We went inside the theater, and when all people came in, they closed the doors, and they shut all the lights off. It was only little light on the stage, so people can see the player, the actor, and the scene. And it was a young man on that dark stage, bagging, yelling, mooning for the light to come. The story was about the young man who he was lost in the darkness, begging for the light to come and take him out of the darkness. He was chanting, praying, running in the different side of the corners of the stage, but nothing happened. And finally, he was completely exhausted, and he fell to the ground. And the narrator, with a very strong voice that seems to come from the heaven, recite a poem from the 12th century Iranian poet Nizami and at the same time light slowly came from the corner of the stage and filled the whole scene as the young man slowly rose from the ground. The poem says there is hope in despair time the end of the dark night is a bright day. I was only 15, but I knew that I am living in a deep darkness. My father asked me all the time to be a better Muslim, praying, keeping all the Sharia law, to making myself righteous and worthy to receive the blessings from Allah. I tried, but nothing changed inside of me. At the first glance, the context of darkness in the Isaiah's book is about the Israelites' disobedience, lawlessness, and, and idolatries. But the darkness of human hearts started from the garden. When our first parents rejected the light 
of the presence of God. When they sinned against him and hid in darkness of the shadow of the trees, when God came to meet them in the light of the day in Genesis chapter 3, to the appointment that they had in freedom with him, they were hiding in the darkness. Sin changed the human state from holy and happy to the sinful and, sinful and miserable, deep in darkness. The darkness was a result of man's rebellion against God. Saints throughout the history of Christianity have a common element in, testimonies, in their testimonies. And that's a, a nevertheless or a but moment. We, are, we all heard things like this uh, maybe many times. I was dead in darkness of my sinful nature, but God in our Lord Jesus Christ saved me. One of the very well-known bad moments in Old Testament is found in Genesis chapter, chapter 50, verse 20. When Joseph assured his brothers before his death, before the death of his father, Israel, that he would not take revenge on them. And he told them this. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for me good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You are, you are about to destroy me. Destroy my life. You tried to kill me. You sold me to slavery. But God stepped in and changed everything. Apostle Paul wrote to Ephesians and said in chapter 2, And you were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked, following the curse of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desire of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of the mankind. Oh, bad, bad, everything is dark. And in verse, verse 4, he says, But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And now we come to chapter 9 of Isaiah, verse 1. And we have one of the but or nevertheless moments at the beginning of this chapter. The world that can change entire context, positively or negatively. Beloved, when the Lord God is talking about the well-deserved wrath and judgment, it's lovely to hear him saying, but. But there is hope. I will be merciful in wrath. I will be remember mercy. Matthew Henry wrote, in the worst of time, God's people have a nevertheless to comfort themselves with something to diminish and balance their trouble. 
Let's look at the verses. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nation. In verse 1, prophet Isaiah references the invasion of Assyrian king into the land of Zebulun and the Naphtali. These areas were the first to fall in the Assyrian hands. Assyrian king added these lands into his empire. The native population exiled, and the region became an Assyrian province. God treated the inhabitants of this region with contempt through the death and enslavement and exile into Assyrian land. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Those persecuted Jews will see the great light. And not only those people, but the Galilee of the nations, the Galilee of the Gentiles will see that light. Nowhere else do we see the phrase like Galilee of Gentiles or Galilee of nations in the Old Testament. It was always simply called Galilee. But now, in the prophecy of coming great light, coming of the great hope, even the old names will be changed. We see the involvement of Gentiles, nations, in the great light, in the great light that is about to come. The light will come to all who live in the gloom of anguish. Gentiles will see the same light, the same way for salvation will be open for the other nation in the coming of the light. All the nation, all who lives in the darkness of this world, the darkness of sin, will see the great saving light. My prophet continues identifying this light. He tells the nation, he tells us, the light will come, and now he's identifying the light. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoiced before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his, for his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor you have broken as the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warriors in battle tumult and every garment's rule in the blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. A great light. The light that brings nations to the knowledge of true God. The light, the light that brings joy to the miserable lives. The light changes people's hearts from being rebellion, rebellions against God to rejoicing in Him. The harvest time was a time of great joy. 
when I was little in Iran, going with my family, traveling, the time of the harvest, I was seeing the people. They were dancing. They're singing. They're singing to see, and they're happy to see the fruit and the result of the labor. And the coming of the great light, all who come to know him will rejoice for the labor of the one who come, who came and changed their lives from depravity to peace, from deep darkness to heavenly brightness. Prophet says, you, Lord, you are the one who does all this. You are the one who took the yoke of slavery away from his people. You, you are the one who calls sinner with the, sinners with the great and gentle voice, come, come to me, come under my easy yoke. You are the one who fight for your people as you fought for the Gideon and destroyed the Midianite army. That is your mercy and grace toward your enemies. The light is not come according to the merits of the people. It is not light of the religion. It is not, it, this is not the light of the traditions. That is the divine light, divine light coming to the darkness of our hearts from God. As John says in his gospel, gospel he is the true light which gives light to everyone. But prophet, identifying the light, makes another theological step, and he gives personality. He gives personality to that light. Let's look together to the source of this great light. Verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. A child is born, born for us, given to us, the great gift from God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This son didn't come to show us the light to direct us to the light. He then came to bring light out of our hearts, which is nothing but darkness in our souls. This coming sun is the light, and he will make us light. He's creating new hearts in us. He who made all things from nothings will change the darkness of our souls and brings life out of the dead beings. Throughout the human history, many kings, rulers, emperors, they wanted to have a kind of a good government system to be able to permanently govern people. Religions and their prophets, they claim to have a way of governing the spiritual affairs of the people. But only one person, God's eternal kingdom, will rule over on the people's heart only from one person. The kingdom, the kingdom that starts from people's heart. And that person is our Lord Jesus Christ. In our Farsi hymnal, 
uh, in our, our Farsi uh, fellowship, when we would gather and we worship every Sunday at Redeemer, we have a hymn that I love and I usually whisper. The refrain of this song says, Kings took people's life to rule in the world, but my king gave up his life to be the king of my heart. The Gospel of Matthew serves as a natural bridge to the Old Testament, cited from Old Testament and more other Gospels. He wrote his Gospel to the Jews to tell them the Messiah, the promised Messiah of Old Testament is this Jesus. And he, in his Gospel, chapter 4, verses 12 to 16, he says this way, now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into the Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah may be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, Beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentile, the people dwelling in the darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of the death, on them a light dawned. The light has dawned. The light that prophet Isaiah prophesying in chapter 9 is our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other light. There is no other saving light. Prophet Isaiah uh, 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 making another step, and he is manifesting the characteristics and attributes of this sun, this great light. And his name. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. 21 years ago, when I was dead in the darkness of my sins, a friend of mine gave me a small pocket booklet titled, His Name Shall Be Called Wonderful. That was the first time ever I read anything about Christ and Christianity. I read it several times. And each time I read it, I realized that I really need this Christ this is my main need in my life. Everything about Jesus was wonderful. And that small booklet gives, gives us the reasons why Jesus called wonderful, why Christians believe that he is the wonderful. The prophecies about him are wonderful. He is wonderful. In his nature, his birth of virgin, his sinless and perfect life, his teaching and miracles, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, the promise of his second coming, all about him is wonderful. But the prophet says that he shall be called wonderful counselor. Jesus' teaching was with power, 
people were astonished at his teaching. The scribes and Pharisees were wondered of his teachings. But friends, the fundamental teaching of Christ, his first counsel that he shared to all who are in the, sh the shed of darkness, the darkness of sin, was about repentance. For that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He shall call the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is mighty. He is powerful. He has power over life and death. He has authority to forgive sins. And he has all the authority in hand in heaven and in the earth. Everlasting Father. He is Jesus, Son of Mary, yet the begotten Son of God, natural and supernatural, the only perfect and sinless God-man. He who was with God, he who was with Father and Holy Spirit from all eternity became man. The Prince of Peace, he is the Prince of Peace. He brought peace and reconciliation between the holy God and sinful man. He who had no sin became sin and perpetuated the wrath of God for us. He reached out, took us out of the shed of the sin, took us out of the shed of the trees from the darkness to his light and embraced us. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, Apostle Paul says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above approach before him. Isaiah continues of the of his garment of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness for this time, forth, and forevermore. When we look at the gospel accounts of birth of Christ, the message that angel gave to Mary indicates the fulfillment of this prophecy in Jesus. And the apostle says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal peace with God in his Son, the light of the world the Savior of sinners. And finally, Isaiah tells us who and why does all this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This kingdom was established 
when Jesus came to the earth. And it will never end. And, and what guarantees that these things will most certainly come to pass? The zeal of the Lord of hosts which accomplished this. God's zeal for the glory of His Son will make this happen forever. And no power in heaven or earth or under the earth can stop it. A year after seeing that play with my dad, when I was only 16, I left my parents' house. And I never had a chance to go back and live with them again. When I converted, when the divine light cast into the darkness of my life, I called my dad after three, four years not having a chance to see him or hanging out with him. I picked up the phone. It was cold, very cold. Hi, Dad, hi. But I had a message. I said to him, Dad, the light of God has come. Jesus Christ is the light. He is the light of God. He is the only way to God. It's, it's 21 years now. I'm still praying. And I still have the same message for them anytime I have a chance to tell them. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only truth and life. We are hearing from people, neighbors, media, that they're all the same. You need to find your own way. Maybe Buddha, maybe, maybe Muhammad, or maybe Jesus. But it's not the same. There is no light. There is no light in the souls of dark men. There is no light in the prophets. There is light, the great light in Jesus Christ. He who came, he who came and gave himself for sinners. Friends, if Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you are living in the light, in the light of Son of God, you should rejoice in Him. You should praise Him, worship Him, worship His great light, wonderful counselor, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Worship Him. He is worthy to receive all our praises and our worships. And remember that we are called to be His ambassadors, and ambassadors of peace. We have a message, message of light. Take it to this dark world. Share it with the people as an ambassadors of peace. But if you are here with us today, 
and you never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come to him. For the darkness of our hearts, he is a great light. The wonderful begotten Son of God. The wonderful Savior of sinners. Trust him and rejoice abundantly and eternally in him. Let's pray with me. Dear God, thank you for sending our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross of Calvary on behalf of us, on behalf of your church. Thank you, Jesus, for giving yourself for your chosen one, for dying for the death that we deserve, for raising from death and being our mediator. God, bless thy own world in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Help us, Father, to take this message, the message of great light, to this dark world. Give us joy to see that many from the nations are coming to rejoice in you, to glorify your name, the name that is above all names, the name that only in him all the, all the knees will bow and all the tongues will confess that Jesus is the Lord, God, and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.